It's the internet, you're busy, let's do this. Welcome to the Games Beat Decides podcast. It is the podcast where we decide everything happening in the world of video games so you don't have to think for yourself. I'm your host, Jeffrey Grubb. With me is... Mike Menotti. In today's episode, we're going to go over some news. We're going to talk about some games. But first, I want to thank everybody for joining us. You can get more from me and Mike at GameSpeed.com. If you have something to share with us, you can get us at GamesPlusPodcast at VentureBeat.com or on Twitter at, at GamesBeat or at GBDecides for the podcast itself. If you're watching the video version on Facebook or YouTube or Twitch, uh, there's an audio version of the show that you could subscribe to on the podcatcher of your choice. Uh, you can do that app through Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and more. Uh, finally, if you like the show, rate us on Apple Podcasts. It helps people find the show. Uh, and one big credit, thank you to Carlos Ayin, Insane in the Rain Music on YouTube for the use of the theme song, which um, which is continuing to be my jam. Um, all right, let's see here. Mike, how you been? Oh, I've, I've been doing pretty good. I, uh, what was, uh, I was uh, traveling last weekend. I went to a big wrestling show called All In. And that was a so lot you of went fun. to it? I was at All In. I didn't know. I thought you were watching that live or something. No, I got tickets. I like tickets sort of on like 20 minutes and I kind of in a roundabout way means you get them because like I like the servers were slammed and I had like the tickets ready to check out. And then like I got timed out because things were loading so slow. So I just wrote the customer support and kind of explained the situation. And like they had some set aside for that. So like oh, a cool. week later, I was able to like get tickets that way and, and they were pretty nice. And yeah, it was crazy. It was such an energetic arena. It was like the, it's the largest indie wrestling show i think ever and like the largest non-wwe or non-wcw wrestling show since like 92 right so, so it, it was super cool and a historic event if you like wrestling yes yes so yeah I, I um i am going to do the process to get to subscribe to new japan because yeah. apparently they have it on there so i'll watch that and they I'll do it is yeah japan yeah, it's on. Oh, you mean New Japan Buddies? Their next. Yes. I think they have like their next major show sometime this month. Kenny Omega's going to fight Ishii, who's kind of like a a stout, like tough guy. So Kenny Omega is a, a a video gamer, so of course he's going to win. Oh yeah, well he's a champion and like on a super hot streak and the best in the world, so he is going to win. But yeah, his finishing move is called the One Winged Angel, which is you know gives you an idea of, right. of his mindset. Uh, well, uh, that sounded like an exciting show. I, w- I was at an exciting show of myself, PAX West. It was mostly uh, exhilarating because of the lack of security and it made my, my heart beat every time I went in there and like, really? anyone could just walk in here. There was I mean, nothing? I, you started thinking about it. Yeah. You know, yeah. like there's a million entrances to that place. PAX West uh, happens in Seattle each year uh, for anyone who is still unfamiliar. Um you know, and coming just a little bit after after the you know the Madden shooting, it's on the mind, and you go there and you see signs that are like, if you see something, say something. And then I saw a handful of cops here and there, but the rest of the time, it's just this. It's happening all over downtown Seattle and in various hotels, in 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 addition to the convention center. Uh, and each of these places just have a million entrances, and you can go up to most of the uh, the checkpoints to get inside, like theaters for uh, for panels or whatever, without a, even without a badge. Um, so, cause you know, it's in a hotel. People need to go to their hotel rooms, even if they're not going to PAX. So it's a, it's a, it's a thing where you start thinking about all the scary possibilities. And it is a thing where, um, you can't imagine how they would absolutely, how they would actually secure this sort of event as big as it is without moving venues, which I don't know if they're willing to do. So, right. Would you, like, um, were you like making your exit strategy every time you entered a new uh, I, I was, space? I was on, I was like remembering what like, my, my wife would say when they would do active shooter training at school. Cause she's a teacher. 
Uh, and like for a long time, they're like, oh, just huddle down and try to hide. And now the big thing is, no, don't do that. Run, scatter, throw things is, is the best strategy. So I'm like, Jeez. huh, man, if something happens, I'm just going to tell everybody that and run and scatter. But uh, I mean, you know, it, it didn't happen. And the chances of that happening are, are still very low, but it's on the mind. Sure, right? It was something sure. that occurred to me several uh, times. On, on a on brighter side, uh, you were in a kind of game journalist game tournament. Yeah, that was that, that was the panel. I've been, yeah, I talked about it the last couple of weeks that it was coming up, uh, and it, it happened, and it was a good time. Uh, I think it was, um, you know, I was a, par- a part of it, but even when I wasn't up there on, on stage actually playing, I thought it was like a really entertaining panel, like a, a good show. Uh, and I've heard the same thing for people who did watch it. They're like, you know, uh, some of these panels are uh, I, I tune in because I'm a huge fan of like D and D or whatever, and they do Dungeons and Dragons panels. And I love those, and then I, but I watch this, and it's like this was just as good as anything else. So. It was fun to be part of something so entertaining, uh, and I, I did pretty okay, I think. So uh, it was a multi-round thing. We played this uh, track and field style game called Super Sport Mansion uh, to open it, uh, and I, I had been practicing this game f- for like a week beforehand. Uh, m- might have been one of the reasons I actually hurt my hand and caused a little bit of damage that, oh, that God, week, because because it, it's one of those games, right, where you would like just like jam your hand against something and it might cramp up. Um, but you know, and I'm practicing every every event, thinking we're gonna like go through like a, a series of things. But he just uh, Greg Miller, who threw it from kind of funny. Uh, he just had people playing like one game at a time. So like there'd be a you know three people playing one of the mini games, and then that game would end, end and then whoever won it would go forward, and then the next mini game would come up, and the next you know th- trio would come up as well. Which one did you do? Um, I, so I did the one that I was like, uh, definitely the worst at, which was just the, the sprinting, uh, actually it was the hurdle one. Um, and it's difficult because I honestly couldn't figure out how to run in this game, uh, to start. Uh, I, I, and I, I got you code. I don't know if you tried this game at all, Mike. I haven't been able to know. No. Right. Um, so I'm like, f- tell me how to run in this game. So uh, what I, yeah, I remember you were saying that play this game and tell me what to do. Yeah. Like, so I couldn't figure it cause I would just trip. I would just continually trip and I was getting so frustrated. And what I was doing wrong is just mashing the buttons as fast as I could. If you hit the same button, like you hit A and B to go, but if you hit A, B, 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 and you hit B multiple times in a row, you'll trip. You have to go A, B, A, B, A, B, and you can't ever hit the same button twice in a row, uh, which adds quite a bit of like technical difficulty to it, I, I found. Uh, and then you have to hit the uh, the X button on a, or, you know, a Y button uh, equivalent on a 360 controller or whatever um, to, to hurdle. And it's just a matter of like, doing that rhythm of hitting a and b and then also timing those jumps and trying to get at the the, the, the very top of the hurdle because if you hit the top of the hurdle you get a speed boost and i did really shittily but everyone else did way worse so it was it was cool i got uh so i got out of that round it was a good time and then um and then we played overcooked 2 which i i, I didn't know what to expect greg told us we were going to be playing overcooked 2 i had no idea uh like my okay we're going to be playing like teams like, you know, two people who survived, you know, versus another two people who survived, and then those two people move on and then face each other or something like that. So I was expecting that. I was not expecting 1v1 where you are controlling multiple overcooked characters by yourself, and that's what we ended up doing. Uh, so I was hoping to, like, ri- rely on teamwork and figure stuff out together. Uh, and I did that just with, like, the people in the front row yelling at me oh, <laughs> what fine. to do. Because I-, I played Overcooked 1, uh, like, on the Thanksgiving it must not have been last year, maybe the year before, um, you know, with some family while, while drinking. And it was a good time. We played through almost all of it. And that was kind of the extent of what I played. Um, uh, figuring out all the, like the minute, 
details of the controls, like, oh, you want to throw this cheese over the, over this gap, and then you want to move control the other character and then pick up that cheese or whatever and then mash it over here. Um, it was just a lot in the moment. But once again, you get the other guy, John, uh, who, who's Mr. Megative on Twitter, if anyone knows him. Um, he uh, did worse, much worse. Uh, there's a bunch of really good photos of him online just looking so confused during that panel. It was uh, very good. I, uh, that's the game I might have tripped on because I haven't really played those at all. Also, and, you, everyone did really publish your Overwatch story. Oh yeah, I'm, I'll tell him. Yeah, uh, then um, yes. oh thank you. Yeah, uh, and then Smash Brothers was up next, and it was uh, cool. it was cool because it was Smash Brothers Ultimate. That's or, awesome that you guys were able to play that one. Yeah, it was really neat, and it was like you could tell it was like a, a big finale thing, and they worked it out with Nintendo. And I talked to like some of the Nintendo PR guys afterwards. I'm like, yeah, it was actually pretty easy to set this up. The things you think are going to be a problem really aren't, and then it's all this stuff you don't think about that becomes an issue. But you know, they were able to make it work. And they had my name already programmed in there, like, so I got to play as Grub, um, uh, and I picked Cloud, like you told me, and I uh, I, I Im- immediately lost track of the character because <laughs> it was just it was like I had been playing one v one, practicing one v one, and thinking like, oh yeah, that's they're probably going to do that because it's um, Greg setting it up. I bet he's going to be one of those no items one v one players who plays stock, and so that's what I was practicing. And we get into a round where it was it was two versus two it was teams and i was playing with dan reichert from giant bomb and uh and just having all those characters on screen and the tv's like down on the floor were items on uh, items were on yeah and yeah and it was and it was wasn't stocked it was um you know time so that's like that's like nintendo's standard right exactly and nintendo was the people they were the people setting this up and they like Right in front of me, they took the switch and they like locked it to this little chain thing right on the table right in front of me that blocked my view of the TV. So I had to move and kind of like stand up a little bit to see. Um, but but yeah, there was definitely like Nintendo's uh, default settings, and and it was fine once I got used to it. But in that very very first mu- moment, I was losing track of my character and I just ran right off. This is the one with your name above it. Yeah, you know, I put two and two together eventually. Um, that was another thing. I'm like, oh, Jeff. They're like, there is no Jeff. I'm like, what are you talking about? I, can, I, I still can't see the TV. And then, like, someone in the front row is like, Grub. I'm like, uh, yeah. I'm always going to wonder how I would have done in that Smash Bros. part. But I might not have made it there with those other games. Who knows? Right, yeah. I, I mean, I think you probably would have won, I think. Because, um, I, I mean, because I you would have played against Dan if you were in the same exact position as me. And Dan's not very good at Smash either. So, uh, you know, the other two guys were, were better. Because one's uh, one works for Nintendo Life, and the other one's a fourteen-year-old Alex Rubens, who actually ended up winning the whole thing. Well, so, imagine that. of course, yeah, of course, those kids are gonna, um, you know, be better at me than Smash. But it was, you know, whatever. It was a good time. I ended up losing because I, I, I think probably mostly because of that first death where I just ran off the side. I think had I not done that, my team probably would have at least been tied, and then we would have gone to sudden death and had a chance. Um, but yeah, it was it was a really good time. I'm glad I, part, I partook in it. And Sounds I, uh, like you did good. You had fun. I get my vengeance. Yeah, yeah. It was it, it was an, I was happy to do my um to at least have an, a good showing as opposed to going out in like the first instant. There was one of those super sport matching events where it was like they, none of the people had played it before, and it was this boat rowing thing where you just have to like dodge stuff by moving left and right. And the very first obstacle com- comes up, and two of the people hit the first ob- obstacle. So the match was over in like less than thirty seconds That's total. Funny. It was really funny, but yeah. Um, enough of that. I guess uh, you know I could just kind of talk about uh, pack stuff real quick and get it out of the way, and then we could talk about Spider Man. Does that sound good? Let's do it. Okay, so 
PAX was a good show. Um, I, I, I have decided, though, I think, if I do one of these in the future, I might not be taking so many appointments. I'm just going to like take the stuff that I really want to see because stuff falls apart so quickly and then it, everything dominoes. And it's just it's not a show where I think you need to worry about that stuff because like one of my appointments, which and I'm glad I went to this one. I'm glad I made it, but it was like Shadow of the Tomb Raider. And I literally have had a review code for Shadow of the Tomb Raider in my email. So I'm like, okay, let's talk about this. And I'm like, all right, now here's hands on. I'm like, guys, can we just skip this part? And they're like, oh yeah, totally. They were excited about it. Um, but it was like, I'm, I'm, most of the things are like that, where these games are coming out in a matter of days or weeks. Cause it's right. That's what, yeah, it's pretty usual so, packs. Right. So I'm like, you know, going to going, showing up to packs, doing the panels, maybe going watching more panels and trying to do coverage of that stuff. Cause there's interesting stuff happening there. That might be a better use of my time in the future, but we'll see. The things I did see though, were, I, you know, I talked to Shadow of the Tomb Raider team. That interview is up on the site now. Uh, I talked to them about removing the white paint trails that they used to kind of kind of guide characters through Rise of the Tomb Raider. Right. It was, like, really distracting. Um, they're not doing that anymore, and so they're doing all these other tricks that are much less noticeable. And that's kinda, good. It's, it's smart stuff. It's good. Um, and so I wrote about that, and that's up on the site now. If you guys want to actually look into that, we don't really need to go into that. Um, the things I... I probably was most excited to check out and that, you know, they're, they're probably most worth talking about uh, are Streets of Rage 4 and Windjammers yeah. 2. Um, Tell me about Windjammers Streets of Rage. 2. Yeah, oh, go ahead. Windjammers Tell 2, real quick. I just want to get it out of the way. It's um, it's more Windjammers and it's, uh, which is, you know, if people that don't know, it's this like disc game where you throw discs at each other and it's kind of like a fighting game and it's a Neo Geo game uh, that's really popular in France. And so this French publisher, uh, .emu, is making a sequel. They're the ones that brought the game back originally. And um, it's it just feels like, um, and this might be true of both this and Streets of Rage Four. Like uh, it's as if the developers of that time had the technology of today, and so they have all the same ideas and maybe uh, you know slight improvements here and there. Uh, but it's definitely it's beautiful HD graphics and you know sixteen by nine and all that that great stuff that you would want from a game being made today. Um, but I'm not sure if Windjammers Two makes a lot of sense that, for that because. Um, if if you're I mean if you're a fan of those games you just kind of you get you, the originals there and if the second one's not different enough it feels like it's something that could come and go and then the people who are really into Windjammers are just going to go back and keep playing Windjammers so they'll have to really add a lot I think to uh, to encourage uh, like maybe to foster a new audience and maybe bring some of those people forward that are still playing Windjammers today but we'll see um, Streets Rage Four though it's um, it's good uh, you know it it felt very early. Um, I mean, it doesn't even have, they haven't even announced platforms when they showed their trailer. Exactly, and you know it was it was no uh, no capture and stuff like that, and it felt like it just had the one level that that is ready to be played by anyone. Um, and it you know it it looked and felt a, a lot like the first level from Streets of Rage Two, which is you know what you would want. Um, and I, the things I noticed were that. Uh, it felt exactly right. Like, the, you know, throwing a punch as Axel, who I played as, um, you know, you throw a punch into a guy and, the, and, and the, all the enemies go flying backwards. And it does that like slight, slight frame pause when you hit an enemy and like things pause for a second and then they explode backwards. And all of that, like it, it felt like it was taken one from one, uh, but it had all this new animation flourish that uh, that really made it pop. So they're doing a good balance, I think, of taking the the frames of animation that you're used to uh, and, and maintaining either the spirit of that or sometimes exactly the, the, all those frames. And then maybe adding a few things here and there that make it uh, look like a, a eye popping modern HD game. Um, I, 
I don't know beyond that. Like, I still have questions about, um, like, are they going to be able to do new, new stuff that makes this genre feel uh, fresh in a way that people will come to this series for the first time and have a good time, or is it just going to be like this thing that capitalizes primarily on nostalgia and and, and it does a good job of that, uh, but then it doesn't, you know, it doesn't push right. things forward and doesn't feel like a. a it is a, a hard to like try yeah. to make the beat em up interesting. Like Castle Crusher was able to do it with kind of like RPG mechanics and just some of the kind of fun of the four player multiplayer going on right. there. But like, even aside from castle crashes, which itself was kind of a while ago, I don't feel like there hasn't been a lot of big, like beat em up successes. I mean, it, it, it evolved into the character action game of Bayonetta and DMC. Right. Like, right. Like, which and that's, are more interesting because they have like these specific combos. And stuff. Right. They're more complex. And, and also they are also kind of getting a bit, you know, old, you know, as well. So we're like, we're an evolution and a revolution in this genre removed from Streets of Rage. Um, and and so, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I hope it's I hope they have like a bunch of secret ideas that they're ready to put in there. But, you know, I didn't notice anything yet. And again, it's very early. Uh, but just if you are someone who loves Streets of Rage and you're hoping that this is going to, uh, you know, just kind of feel exactly like a sequel to Streets of Rage 3 and follow up and do that series justice, I, I think there's a good chance for that. Um, they they did not talk about having uh, uh, Yuzo Koshiro come in and do music, but they, it sounds like they're going to announce something. Um, all of the music and sound effects they said in the game at this point are, are placeholder. So th- that's another thing that made it feel very early. So so we'll see. Uh, I, you know, I, I, li- I love Streets Rage 2 quite a bit, um, uh, but I'm not. it's not one of those holy games to me where it's like if someone were to come sure. in and do something with it, like, okay, I'd probably be willing to give it a shot. But I know there are a lot of people who hold it, at, you know, put it up on that pedestal. So I hope for them that it, it, it delivers uh, exactly what they want. And I, I'm just not sure if it's going to at this point. Uh, yeah. Um, no, not too much else to talk about. I, I, Valkyria Chronicles Four. I just started it. There's a lot of uh, cutscenes, and yeah, I probably played what you did back in E3 because I played like the right. first several missions, and yeah, it's fun. That's same, and it's it's do, does seem fun. I'm uh, getting into the tactics right now, kind of figuring out how everything works. Um, it, if we get like a good balance of gameplay to cutscene ratio at some point i'll be i think i'll be really into it but if it if it continues with every couple of minutes i'm dealing with a couple of minutes of cutscenes that might be hard for me to push through i just i just can't really handle that might you want to hear about the problems of the pretty anime boys fighting in world war ii yeah i know i mean I, I, if they could make it interesting i would be but it's just kind of lame and you know bad acting and stuff um and then i put together a pc or uh, doing like a kind of a fall back to school sort of early holiday gift guides guide sort of thing so i um kind of looked around got a bunch of parts put together and it was it's fun to put pcs together i it worked immediately i didn't have to do any troubleshooting it just worked which is great um it's super quiet and it's also super powerful and i'm realizing like the one lesson i've really learned is get a good psu get a good power supply whenever you build a pc because they'll last forever and if it's loud it doesn't matter if the rest of the pcs you know quiet like I, i got one over here where uh, the the power supply is louder than everything else put together, and it's like, oh, what what that? Why did I skimp on that? It's just not worth it. So yeah, that's uh, the one lesson I've taken away. I'm gonna start doing the. Uh, I'll do some benchmark tests on on this new one. It's got an i7 8086K for anyone who you know cares. And I know I don't, Mike. I know that just doesn't mean anything to you. Yeah, it's like gibberish. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a good it's a good CPU. 
and it's got a Vega 64 in there right now. Um, I'll, I'll test out some so- stuff, see how it runs, and uh, kind of getting ready for when the RTX cards come out and we get, get our hands on those to do some benchmarks. So, yeah, um, that does it for me, though, Mike. I, I did start another game, uh, but I only just started it because I just haven't had time. And the swinging is good in Spider-Man, yeah. like, turns out. Turns out that works still. Yes, yes, swinging's great. And we kind of talked about that before just from, like, our, our previews from E3. Uh, the thing that kind of impressed me a lot is how much fun the combat is, though. Like we, we That's seen s- really good to hear. Yeah, like so many of these, not even just superhero games, but like third-person action games uh, that aren't in that Bayonetta mold, right? Like they all kind of follow that Batman Arkham style of this very counter-based thing, which is funny because that was so new and exciting, and, and, and we thought that was great in Arkham uh, Asylum and Arkham City. It, it got kind of old, even... I think those amazing Spider-Man games that were based off those movies basically just had that same exact combat, right? Where you're, you're throwing punches, people kind of come at you one or two at a time, and when you see like a yellow flash above your head, you push like the Y button or triangle button, and you instantly mm-hmm. knock them out. This is much more of a kind of like agile dodging based almost, where um, people are the, the enemies are more aggressive, like more of them will come at you at a time, more of them will be shooting at you from a distance and stuff like that. So uh, you're, you still have, like, your spider sense. You have, like, a flash above your head. But it's not so that you can do an instant counter, like, knock them out thing. It's so that you can dodge uh, and kind of get out of the way of that. So a lot of the combat is about kind of crowd control, knocking people up in the air uh, so because it's harder for them to hit you if you're in the air, kind of prioritizing, oh, that guy has a rocket launcher. We got to swing over there and get him right away. So you're kind of moving around a lot, which feels really good. It feels much more Spider-Man-ish. That is, um, I think it's a relief because I, I, I've, um, I knew the swinging was going to be good, and then it seemed like okay, well they're going to have to make combat work uh, to make this game actually pull through and and deliver on the promise of Spider Man. Um, and when I played it at E three, I was like, you know, it, it, it's good, but it doesn't maybe necessarily it doesn't feel uh, as deep as I was as I was as, as I was expecting, and it felt like it was going to be kind of a um, enemy management thing where. Uh, Spider-Man is mostly the same uh, throughout these combat encounters, uh, but the enemies he's facing are going to be different, and I'm going to have to just kind of, like, go through and, like, uh, oh, there's the gun guy, I'll deal with him first, and then move on to these other guys, and that's going to be where the uh, variety comes through. Is that, is, is that where, it, is that in this game? Or, or? Yeah, there's a little bit. Like, there's, not, there's, like, a guy with a shield, right? So, to hit him, you have to slide under his leg, so you attack him, then you push the dodge button, right? So there's a bit, and, and Batman did do a similar thing, right? Like, eventually you fought a guy who had, like, a lightning rod. There, there's a bit of that, but... And, and there's nothing wrong with that, I just I, I just don't want that to be like, oh, that's right. how that's how we're going to make combat feel very... No, but there's all different ways to deal with all of those people, too, with, with like, all your different gadgets and web abilities and uh, throwing things and throwing other people, yeah. There's, there's a lot more variety. It's not... Yeah, it's not so much as like, oh, there's this person, you use this specific thing for that or what have you. And there's also this interesting thing of like you build up a focus meter and you can spend that either to heal yourself. And it's the only way to heal yourself. There's no like regenerating health. Or if you build up like a full meter or like eventually you have like segments of the meter, you can then you can do these like one hit KO attacks which uh, are really flashy and cool. and it, But it's like neat that the trade-off is, are you going to go for these really quick kills or are you going to want to heal yourself? It's kind of like a risk-reward, even like a punishment-reward on how you're doing in the combat. How are the boss fights? Boss fights are good. Uh, 
they but they they pretty much they're they're almost not as plentiful as I may have liked, uh, mm-hmm. but they're they're definitely fun. More so, I like like moments where you're chasing things through the city on the web. That's always uh, fun, and exciting. Really, the thing I like about the games is how it gets like all the Spider-Man aspects, where you have like the swinging and the fighting, but even like taking photos is a part of the game. Uh, doing some science things, even though like these turn into like the typical like not quite hacking mini games, but basically that kind of stuff. I still like it in this. Context. I heard it has pipe dreams. Does it it's have basically pipe dreams? Pipe dreams. Yes, yeah, it's I pretty similar pipe to dreams. pipe dreams. Uh, but yeah, and, and like just the the kind of like the portrayal of Spider Man is this super likable, uh, you know, always kind of do gooder. Uh, it's just kind of refreshing right now too. So. Yeah, I mean, tell me about that. Like, is the uh, the writing and the character and yeah, the acting, how, really how does good. that all come through? Yeah, it all seems like all the voice actors are doing a good job. The mocap looks really good. The story is fun. They get a lot of the characters in there. J. Jonah Jameson has, like, this Rush Limbaugh-style radio host, like, kind of commenting on, like, whatever little thing you just, like, side mission you did is fantastic. Is it a, is it is it a radio show or a podcast? It's a radio show. Okay. It's a radio show because he has, like, callers and stuff. And usually the callers will be like saying that Spider-Man saved them and then J. Jonah will get mad and like hang up on them and scream. <laughs> so it's classic stuff, right? It's, it it's perfect for him too. It's, yeah. it's such a good use of that character. I don't know if that's been in any of the comics, but if it, if it hasn't, they should do it. I think it actually is. I game. think, I think that it is. I think in the comics, right? Because I was trying to read this, but I, I don't read like the new Spider-Man comics, but right. I think that's what he's doing in the comics right now is he has a radio that's, show. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So, uh, I, I think maybe my, my last question is just, do you think it is a, um, uh, yeah, let's put it this way. Is it a game of the year contender? Yeah, I think so for me. For sure. I loved it. I mean, I might have even liked it a little more than God of War, which I liked a lot. But right. uh, yeah, just another really strong exclusive for Sony. I mean, it just seems like, yeah, like two of the console games that like people are, could get the most excited about this year and then God of War and now this, right? So mm-hmm. pretty big win. Um. Yeah, I, I, I had like another thought, but I can't really talk about too much of Shadow of the Tomb Raider just because it's still under embargo. But I was, um, do you? This is an off topic now. Do you feel like uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider and some of these other games that are coming out right now are gonna get overshadowed by this? Yeah, Shadow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Shadow of the Tomb Raider, maybe just because it's kind of coming so close. It's, I mean, it's not that much like it, but it's kind of like it, right? I mean, right. Well, I mean, it, it just feels like we're. I thought like uh, a few weeks ago, I'm like, oh, there's not that much coming out this holiday, but I, it still feels like some games are going to get lost. Uh, uh, I, there was another one other than Shadow of the Tomb Raider that I'm like, oh, that, people might not even pay attention to that, but uh, that's definitely the one that pops out to me. Like, oh, even if it's good, people might not show up for that one right away. Yeah, um, which would, I mean, Rise of the Tomb Raider. I mean, God, both the previous Tomb Raider games have always had, like, stories of how they didn't sell, like, people wanted them to, right? No matter how, like, well they, they actually do. So, you know, there might be some truth to that. Who knows? But it'd be, it, it certainly seems like Spider-Man is going to be a bigger hit than Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Yeah, I, I don't doubt that. Um, it seems like that game is gonna actually Spider-Man is going to end up as one of the top selling games of the year, like maybe in the top five. Um I do. You, do you think there's any chance of it outselling God of War? God of War. This is in the news, but we could just say, uh, yeah. And God of War uh, surpassed nine million players, which is not uh, exactly sales, but that's uh, it's pretty good. That's a huge number. Um, yeah, I, I think Spider-Man might get up there, but that's going to be too tough to beat. I think, tough. especially with the holidays still coming up, and God of War is going to get another boost then. 
Um, okay. Let's uh, let's see. I think we can move on to the news if that's okay with you, Mike. Oh, it's okay with me. All right, let's do the news. Let me bring up my rundown here of news blips, news beeps, news blops. Um, first things first is uh, just a, a delay from Nintendo and its its direct video event that it was going to do yesterday. Uh, there was. Well, earlier in the week, or I think it might have been last week at this point, there was a typhoon in Japan that was a pretty big deal. It caused the end of the Nintendo building to fall off. So they were already kind of recovering from a, a natural disaster that struck struck uh, Japan and you know multiple prefectures in the country. And then earlier in the day uh, in Japan, Japan time on, on yesterday, there was a major earthquake, a 6.72 magnitude earthquake in Hokkaido, Japan, uh, which is... A, a far northern mountainous region of Japan that isn't super populated, uh, but it was such a major earthquake that it still it caused landslides and injuries, and and some people did die. And I think Nintendo, uh, m- more uh, out of uh, respect than anything else, and, and I don't think this is necessarily necessarily reflected anything that Nintendo was dealing with. I don't think like like I don't think their power went out, for example. Um, but I think out of just respect, they're like you know we can push this back. We don't need to p- be talking about video games today. So. Uh, I don't know as uh, as as of the last time I checked before the podcast, they hadn't announced a new date and time. Um, I think that's still true. It is weird because some of these, like some of the things that were clearly supposed to be announcements for this, have kind of happened anyway. Right. Um, uh, Civilization Six is coming out for Switch. We know now exactly. Uh, that's, that's coming November sixteenth. Um, right. And, and that was that's you can just that obviously would have been like a small little trailer thing. Right. During Which would the, have been uh, a cool direct. And then yeah, even, and it's even a, it's a, I'm very excited about that. Yeah, even the Mega Man 11 demo releasing on Switch with, uh, right. yeah, yesterday night probably was going to be uh, uh, something then, they uh, would have talked about. And then this is more of like a, an accidental leak, uh, uh, but Yoshi's Crafted World showed up on Nintendo's website briefly. Um, is they, 2019? We, yep, 2019 was uh, in the title there. So, uh, so we have a better idea of when that's coming. We I certainly believe that. Oh, yeah, for sure. That sounds um, like a name for that game. But I think this also gives us an idea of like what we could have expected from, or what we can still expect from this direct. It's going to be like, okay, we're going to get some answers about a lot of these games that we've been wondering about. Right, because Yoshi's been kind of. I said, man, I wish I could get excited about that Yoshi game, but. Yeah, I mean, Yoshi's Island is one of the best games ever made, uh, and then the rest of the Yoshi games have been less so. Uh, I mean. It, it's hard to capture that. I mean, it shouldn't be hard because it's Nintendo and they do capture magic over and over. It, it feels like they don't try to make as good of a Yoshi's game as the first one. Well, I, I, maybe Nintendo doesn't think it's that good, but it is. It's uh, uh, Well, part of it's just like they they kind of have rebranded Yoshi to be almost kind of like a Kirby and that the, the games are very easy. Simple which, for kids. Yeah. Right. And part of the appeal of Yoshi's album was like it was a platformer's platformer, right? Like people who were like, kind of really good at these sort of games I really like the challenge like like you know Yoshi, i thought yoshi's island is like one of the hardest platformers ever but it was certainly challenging no but there's some there's, interesting yeah, there's some technical skill to a lot of the things that, right. that yoshi does in that game uh, for or sure. as, you know yoshi's woolly world uh you know i played through that game i reviewed it uh i don't, I don't know if i ever had any problems i mean i don't remember much of anything about the right. game to be honest i remember the way it looked that's about it yeah, and it, 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 that is kind of it's a bummer to me because it's like it does feel like Yoshi's Island uh, straddled that line where it was. I think it could have been like this game where young kids played it and had a good time with it, and they thought it was fun and it was simple for them. Clearly, and then, we were the kids. We we liked it. I remember. Yeah, no, you're right. That's a good point. Yeah, <laughs> so right. I don't know. Uh, but then, like, I also like I 100 percented that game, and that's was. I mean, and I don't think if, even if you 100 percent 
any of the the subsequent Yoshi games that you would um, feel that same sense of challenge. It just isn't there. Uh, who knows? Maybe Crafted World is the return to form, but I, I do have some doubts about it. And you're right, I'm not going to get too excited about it. Um, anything else from this Nintendo thing? Or we, yeah, I think we can yeah, look at the rundown. I think that was it. Um, once we get a new date and time on that, you know, come to gamesbeat.com. We'll have a full roundup of all the trailers and stuff, and we'll have all the news as well. Um, okay, moving on. This is a this is a pretty dumb thing. I think uh, Valve is not going to moderate the chat in its new card game artifact. Um, why, Mike? <laughs> would anyone do this? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Hearthstone doesn't even let players chat against each other, right? And they still have problems of bullying, like that people can't actually talk, and like there's still so many instances of like people will then like like send. The opponent a friend request a friend request on Battle.net just to yell at them, right? Or call them things. Or, like a lot of people even get mad when like they perceive the other player to be using the six emotes that you're allowed to use in like For a real way. Yeah, no, people did that, and I mean, I remember that happening in Hearthstone when I played it, and it did bother me. But the worst one is Clash Royale. When I played that for a hot few months, uh, there's this one one emote where it's just this king laughing and then the king crying or the the two people would use and they would spam those when they were beating you really hard. Uh, and it's like, God damn it. This actually, this sucks. I don't like the way this feels at all. I am being bullied right now. And that's just emotes. People are like, so valve's reasoning is, um, if, if people are one-on-one, they don't really have a lot of reason to, uh, to, I guess troll would be the word. Um, so, so we're not too worried about it. Like, what are you talking about? Tro- well, trolling isn't necessarily the thing. People are just going to be mean anyways. They're just right, going yeah. To, they're going to amuse themselves. Like, some people are awful and they amuse themselves with this stuff. Right, Actually, yeah. most of them that do it. Yeah, exactly. They don't need the... Like, the audience is like them, like... Yeah, snidely giggling to themselves about how uh, triggered you are or something. Um, but, like, even beyond that, Mike, this is... um. This is a game where you can trade cards and sell cards and the other games that come to mind are like FIFA Ultimate Team. And for people that don't play FIFA Ultimate Team, what is the Ultimate Team? What is the thing you associate with that game? People trying to steal your goddamn EA account because they want to buy and sell FIFA cards. That, I mean, that's going to be a problem here. And like, if you leave chat open, it creates such an opportunity for phishing and people trying to steal your personal information by like getting into friendly conversations with you and asking you like, oh, hey, where'd you grow up? Like, what, what street did you grow up on? Oh, cool. I'm going to use that uh, as an uh, answer to your secret question to get your credit card information. Uh, I mean, that like, it just like, I, I know you can't necessarily build games or build anything around the worst actors. Um, but this game is going to attract a lot of people trying to fish for accounts. And I just think like having an open chat is a really bad idea for that. I hope uh, that yeah. Even if you leave bullying out of it, which you shouldn't, but what, yeah. I wonder if you'll at least be able to opt out of it. Like, can't you just say, look, I don't I want hope. to chat with know. anybody ever. There's I have yeah. no use in that. Yeah. I, I mean, I would imagine that things are going to change quick for this. Cause uh, once the game game launches and you know, the valve deals with, with whatever bugs they have to deal with, um, uh, they'll look around and be like, okay, well, what can we, what, what, what's everyone mad about now? Or what's the community yelling at us about? And it's going to, this is going to be one of them for sure. Cause it's just, people don't want to play a game where they feel harassed. And then they also can see, see like people telling them about their, their family is a, you know, a rich royalty and I'm a prince and give me your bank account number and I'll be able to put money in your account. And yeah. Um, so we'll see. That's going to be fun, but that's valve. 
That's just Valve. Yeah, they're just um, to try to be try to make their platforms or whatever they're doing as open as possible for sometimes right. not great reasons. Right. Yeah. I mean, this one just feels so naive. Um, so yeah. Uh, I, I put this in here. This isn't really a, a news story, but it, uh, it's a, a video I really liked on YouTube. Uh, Doom the fake outrage from uh, YouTube account Sean and Jen, I think it is. Um, and it, this was from the same guy that actually did a really good breakdown of the Cuphead controversy. And that wasn't just like Dean playing Cuphead, but like uh, there were a few articles that were like, hey, let's talk about the art and like where that originates from. And, and then there was a ton of YouTube reaction to that being like, uh, people are calling Cuphead racist and they want to ban it, which no one was doing. Uh, but there were, you could find dozens of videos that claim people were saying exactly that. Uh, Doom, the fake outrage, is a uh, uh, sort of echo of that as well. I think we might have talked about this a little bit on previous podcasts um, where there was like two jokes in the trailer that were like, ah, eye rolly and, you know, why would you do that? And that's not great writing. And then we moved on with our lives and we haven't talked about it since. We really weren't that upset at the time. But there are um, dozens and dozens of YouTube videos where people that, like, I think m- most likely make money by stirring up controversy and getting reactionary young men mad, um, they just basically say, oh, yeah, there's all this outrage against this game and the SJWs are coming for it and they don't like, uh, they don't like their jokes and they can't handle it and they're so triggered. Um, and it's just like such an overblown reaction to nothing, almost nothing, um, that it's, uh, it's a worthwhile re- like video to watch and look into just to see how, uh, maybe how, like sort of how the YouTube sausage is made and like how these, uh, these, uh, self echo chamber systems, uh, feed into one, feed into themselves and then just sort of like create controversy. So they have something to comment on. Um, very worth uh, for a worthwhile watch. Um, all right, moving up uh, to the next story. THQ Nordic has acquired Kingdoms of Amalur. I'm going to ask the same question I asked her on an earlier one. Why? <laughs> hey, some people some people seem excited about this. Some people like that game. I mean, it's fine. I mean, I think um, I probably would have liked it had I played it. I didn't play it. But, I uh, bet they got a very good deal for it. That's probably why. <laughs> You're probably right. Uh, th- I mean, this is THQ Nordic's thing, though. I mean, we were just talking about them acquiring... Um, Time Splitters and the other one, Second Sight from uh, uh, you know P- PlayStation Two era, and now Kingdoms of Amalur is a, was a 360 PlayStation Three RPG from 38 Studios, which was Kurt Schilling's company, and they were going to make an M- MMO in the same universe, and this was the first game to sort of set that table. And then um, I, I can't remember what state it was, but Kurt Schilling, Rhode Island, Rhode Island uh, was like, "Hey, what are you doing with all our money? It seems like you're not doing a very good job with our money." And then the developer, excuse me, imploded, laid everyone off, and then Kurt Schilling got fired from ESPN for being a racist. Um, <laughs> all connected. <laughs> all connected. Uh, and so, yeah, and so that that you know that IP has been sitting there untouched, and you know no one was going to do anything with it, obviously. Uh, so yeah, THQ Nordic shows up and and buys it, and I'm interested to see if THQ has a plan beyond just acquiring these things. I'm sure it must have something in mind. Um, but I we'll mean, see. It's if obviously, like, going to make yeah. new time splitters because in that case, they actually right. own those, the, like the, that that studio now, whatever. And they, and they said to basically expect something new from them. And they, you know, they they acquired Darksiders, and Darksiders Three is coming. Akina's uh, it, it, Vamor doesn't quite seem to be even on those levels, right? Like maybe I, I think, they can make a port of it for Xbox yeah. One if they wanted to. I don't know. And they could probably do like a Switch version and like be like, hey, look at this. Um, this is a pretty big game that's um, a beefy for your switch and it's not just like another one of those indie games uh and maybe they've done the math and they've like we can definitely recoup our money 
uh, that way. Uh, and then who knows if that takes off, then we can look at doing a sequel or something. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it might be one of those things where it's like, oh, they've acquired it and the, the, the remaster of the port comes out and then we forget about it and nothing ever happens again. And then this new story is kind of not that big a deal. But it, uh, it, it's interesting just to see, like, what is THQ's strategy? How it's like, oh, who are they getting now? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're probably they're going to be the company that people start saying, like, hey, pick this up, do this again, make yeah, that. Honestly. Um, yeah, so we'll, we'll see. Um, we already talked about Civiliz- Civilization Six coming to the Switch. So then that takes us to God of War. We talked about that. Uh, that surpassed 9 million players. It's a lot of sales for that game. Uh, and I, Doing I will, pretty good. We'll reiterate, reiterate that 9 million players um, means like 9 million PlayStation accounts have played the game, and there are multiple accounts on some systems. So it's not exactly a great sales metric, but I would ma- imagine 90% of those are, are, are sales at the very least. So, uh, yeah, either way, doing very good. Going to be a top five best-selling game of the year. And as a console exclusive, that's really impressive. Um, here's a, you know, speaking of sales, Dead Cells. Uh, Dead Cells is doing very well. Um, and it's doing way better on the Switch than the PlayStation 4. Uh, according to the developer, it is outselling, the, the Switch version is outselling the PlayStation 4 version by a factor of four to one. Um, I, I, I was... I mean, I expected uh, these uh, like games like that to do better on the Switch uh, by like two to one, but four to one is just so, uh, such a huge difference. It feels like anyone who likes these games or wants to get these games, no matter what system they were playing them on, on before, PC or PlayStation Four or whatever, um, they are just like, no, the Switch is the place to play these things. And this is, people were even talking about how oh, the Switch version isn't technically as good as the PlayStation right. Four. Just drop frame, like no, no one cares. I mean, no it's so cares. much yeah. better to play it on a Switch, right? And the developer was like, we thought the performance was good enough. Uh, but, you know, we're sorry, we're going to work on it. And it turns out they were probably right. It, it was good enough. good enough. No one's really talking about it anymore. No one mentions the performance on Switch anymore. If it was still a problem, they would be because it's selling so goddamn much, and everyone would be you know mad about it um yeah i mean good for them and you know good for the switch i i you you do continue to wonder like when does the rug get pulled out from under this party um right like how long can this go i mean in two years is it still gonna be like right these are like just like carrying the switch forward or i mean it's strange because there already is like way more there's a lot more of these indie games coming out than like get like the the big like sort of fanfare right Right, I, but I mean, I wonder if that glut is even really causing a problem, because I mean, it seems like even the smallest of these games are benefiting from coming to the Switch, and uh, there are a lot of high-profile for indie games uh, coming out, uh, like Hyper Light Drifter, I think, is out today, and that's probably going to do really well as well, even though it's been out for years, and it's just like, you th- it feels like the d- developers that have these games ready to go are just rushing to get them out before the holidays this year. Because I, I think many of them don't necessarily believe that it's going to last forever. So it's a gold rush. Um, but, I mean, I don't necessarily, I don't think it'll drop off to the point where the Switch is uh, selling uh, the same number of indie games as Xbox One or PlayStation 4. I imagine it will continue to do better for, for a couple of years. Um, okay, so then uh, next up, this was a, a, a big story recently. Uh, CCP Games, the developer of EVE Online. Uh, they've been uh, plugging away and chugging along with uh, with making that game. They've tried a few things here and there, but Evil, Evil Online continues to be their bread and butter. Um, and now that is the bread and butter for a Korean company called Pearl Abyss because they have acquired CCP, CCP Games for $425 million. Um, I, I mean, 
see, or, uh, Pearl Abyss, they do uh, MMOs of their own. They have uh, Black Desert Online, which has 9.5 million players. Um, and Korea is a, a market where it seems like MMOs are, are going to last forever. Uh, they have, it's the best market for... Um, if you have a new MMO for some reason, if, from, for, if you like started one 10 years ago and you're just launching it now, uh, Korea is probably the best market to focus on because they are going to show up for these games and they will play them um, when other markets and other you know, audiences in other countries don't really notice anymore. Um, but that said, EVE Online does have an appeal you know, worldwide. It doesn't have a huge audience, but it has a really dedicated audience. Yeah, very um, engaged. Very engaged. So I, you know, I, I don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't begin to try to imagine Pearl Abyss's strategy for this, but I, I, I would think they're like, Hey, we can bring them in here, maybe expand, uh, Eve online's appeal in, in Asia, uh, which is something Pearl Abyss has lots of experience with. Um, but then, you know, maybe they'll just want them to do other stuff with this Eve online, uh, uh property, that Pearl Abyss can help can help do because it has you know pretty big uh, bank account. Um, last story: Athlon Games is doing a new Lord of the Rings game. Uh, I don't know Athlon Games. I don't even know Lord of the Rings. What's that, Mike? <laughs> that's a, that's the thing with the nerds and the the, the magic. Oh, okay. Thank you. That's now I get it. Yeah. Um, so, I uh, this is weird. You know, yeah. Go ahead. It's going to be a free to play online game. There already is a, a, a Lord of the Rings MMO, which I think we were talking about the other day because it's like, who, like, we just MMOs mentioned are still show, going, right. right? Yeah, and it's like still, yeah, we looked it up. Yeah, that's right, yeah. It's still a thing, so like, this will have to differentiate itself some. And apparently, it's not going to take, like, Lord of the Rings Online, like, is literally taking place, like, concurrently with Lord of the Rings somehow, which is interesting. Whereas this game sounds like it's going to be a prequel, which is a lot of ground to cover if you're a Lord of the Rings fan. This is the first age, second age, even the earlier third age stuff. So Lord of the Rings is the end of the third age uh, in the sort of Middle Earth timeline. Right. So, and, and we're also getting that, what, that Netflix or Hulu or someone's doing a show. Amazon. Like Amazon. I, Amazon and, I, I think that's what I remember. They spent right. like a billion dollars on so, something. Yeah, we're going to be seeing more multimedia kind of probably stretching out to some of these other that areas. Makes, yeah. Get, get in early on this and maybe have the game really picking up steam and really picking up, uh, users when the show comes out or something like that. That, that makes sense. Um, we'll see. Yeah. I, I, uh, what do you want from a Lord of the Rings game? Man, I remember when, so Lord of the Rings online, when it was just called middle earth online, this was back when MMOs were so exciting. Right. Or, <laughs> right. And like how excited I was for that. Cause I, I was a big middle earth fan. And, you know, that was back when I still thought that there'd be something to just, like, an online game where you were just kind of, like, a denizen of an open world. Yeah. Sort of before I realized that, no, these things are ultimately going to be driven by people, like, wanting to do, like, fighting content, uh, primarily, like, dungeons and raids, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I, I guess, I, I, man, I wish somehow there could be a game where there was, like, a stronger social aspect. Like, back back when these things were happening, like, I just want to be a hobbit. I want to have my own hobbit hole, and I want to, like, live in my hobbit town, and... Meet that's what people. occurred to me too. Just talking right. about this, I'm like, yeah, that but sounds like fun. It's but like it's not. it can't never happen because right. like just just the people you play these games with, and just just you know, not not to be cynical about human nature, but just like the, the way that these things go, uh, right? And just the the motivations most people have for these kind of games. Yeah, I mean, the uh, the one game I played where that can't, where that did happen was 
uh, eco, but it, but eco doesn't have any content. Like it doesn't have yeah. story missions and things like that, that would draw you away from just building up the world. And it's, a, you know, that's a Minecraft like game, uh, where, you know, people take on different jobs in the economy and you have, you specialize in a certain way, uh, to make, you know, to craft certain things. Um, but that is, uh, it, it, you know, our server was very small and I don't think the servers go over like a hundred people or something like that. Um, and it's, and it's always going to be the same people on the server. You have own, owner, ownership over the server. So you can see like all the reasons why it might work in, in a scenario like that. Um, that none of that sounds like good, like a good foundation for a IP based Lord of the Rings MMO game. I, so I, yeah, it, so Lord of the Rings online was very much a world of Warcraft clone. And I hope they don't just do that. Again, I'm sure Lord of the Rings Online does some things different and maybe has done things since then that are interesting. Yeah. But, like, if I play this game and I'm immediately told to go kill five goblins, right, so that I can get, like, a better helmet, that it might just be a turnoff right there. Yes, I, I would imagine so. Uh, especially, I mean, especially for someone like you, you've learned the, the lesson now where, like, you don't need anything other than WoW. Like, you're not going to get that. Like, even when a game does stuff that's more interesting or different, It'll just come in a while eventually, and you've already put in all the groundwork with that. You don't. I, I, I imagine there's a lot of people like that now who are just going to ha- be happy continuing to play WoW and never look at another MMO again. So uh, yeah, I, it, they, did they confirm that it was just like you know an old fashioned MMO, or could it be I like something like Diablo so. or something? Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, I was thinking about that. Maybe it could be more Diablo-ish. I don't know. Uh, Dean wrote about it. I wrote. I read a bit of his story, but uh, simple for Dean. It's, it's a big story, and there's a lot of details there. Right. I didn't quite absorb yeah, all of them. You can check that out on, on Gamespeed.com. It's uh, Athlon Games doing new Lord of the Rings game. If you want to search for it, um, that does it for news, Mike. Uh, you okay. want to get out of here? Yeah, I want to stop looking at your stupid face. Nope, nope. It's a beautiful, perfect face. Mm. A smart face. Some have even said. I um I would like you to tell people where they can find you on the the internet. Is that okay? Yeah, they can find me on Twitter at Tolkoto, T-O-L-K-O-T-O. I'm always writing on GameSpeed, and I also do the Exploding Barrel podcast with my brother every week, and that's at ebpodcast.com. And I am Jeff Grubb on Twitter. Uh, on YouTube, I'm youtube.com slash Jeffrey Grubb, um, and twitch.tv slash Jeff Grubb if you want to see some live streams. I'm going to... Uh, live stream putting together uh the other like i have an intel this is the intel based pc that i was just building i'm gonna build an amd one uh we'll probably give away one of these we'll see i'm not sure exactly how it's got how that's gonna work that's gonna take some time uh but i will be live streaming putting that pc together over the next week or two um yeah i think that's gonna do it for us mike you gonna platinum spider-man i don't know it is it is a game where i think it is fun to do everything i can i don't know if i don't I've never like intentionally platinumed a game anymore. I don't like trophy mm-hmm. like I used to. Maybe we'll see. Plus, there's uh, there's already Tomb Raider to play now, right? So it's like uh, exactly next things here. Yep, I um, I'm getting into Tomb Raider. You know, can't say too much about it, but I'm I'm enjoying it so far. So, I, I like I say, I really enjoyed what I played at PAX. How about that? There you go. Um, I'll pretend I played at PAX. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll get you next week. Until then, have a good one. Bye. Bye.